Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight. I don't want to lose your the outfield oh that was really nice josh thank you so much for sharing that you're welcome huh what a nice guy hi everybody i'm josh Gaines. welcome to texture this is episode 10 i've got the garage door cracked a little bit because it's sweltering in here so if you hear the train then uh just imagine you're sitting right next to me in a cozy armchair listening to the train pass by so Episode 10, I wanted to do something special. It's kind of a milestone, double digits, you know. And that milestone is, or that special conversation is, psilocybin mushrooms. Now, I'm just going to say up front that in the course of this episode, I am not advocating for something illegal. I'm not implying that you should try to acquire or do drugs that are currently illegal in this country. Um, But I'm going to say to you that I have consumed uh, psychedelic mushrooms, and I would like to tell you about that experience, because it, in, in all seriousness, was one of the most profound things I've ever done. And I'm, I'm going to work off the assumption that that may sound a bit out there, free for you or a lot out there um i realize that even marijuana is still a stigma in much of the country and mushrooms are probably viewed as like a step up from that and it's possible that you're if if you don't have experience with them or if you haven't um spoken with someone or or read something about someone who has that uh, it's it's very possible because of movies and because of how it's portrayed in the news or in in media um, that your idea of psychedelic mushrooms, magic mushrooms, could be off. So, um, because that's where I was. That's exactly where I was for years and years. Um, and I'm going to recommend right off the bat um, one that if you're interested in, in learning more about this, Go listen to the episode of the Joe Rogan podcast with Paul Stamets, and I will put a link to that exact episode in this in the show notes for this one. Um, he's an extremely ed- educated person. Um, you know, I'm not even sure what he would call his title, but anyway, that episode goes into not only the psychedelic effects of certain mushrooms, but also the um, sort of herbal and biological benefic- uh, benefits of various mushroom species and strains that they put into you know tablets and pills that you can buy at natural grocers anyway it's it's fascinating and there's some wonky stuff in there i mean you don't have to buy every um bit of it of the information presented but it is it's a fascinating educational conversation and and was instrumental in sort of changing my mindset towards um these magic mushrooms so, if you can, if, if you do have a stigma towards them, if you think perhaps for religious reasons, for moral reasons, for just the simple fact that they're illegal in our country, um, if, if you tense up at that or if you um, feel defensive or like I, if you assume that I'm doing something bad or wrong, just as an experiment, try to set that aside. I'm not trying to um, argue you into something or, or change your mindset. I just am presenting information. And so maybe set those 
hindrances aside and just listen uh, objectively uh, with new ears and just see what this is about because obviously listening to this uh, isn't going to hurt you any. And you could finish this episode or you can stop it in the middle if you think that I'm off my rocker, if you think I'm a heretic, um, whatever you think. Do whatever you want, man. But I think this is actually quite good. So that's enough of a, of a preamble. So uh, February of this year, it was my 30th birthday and three friends and I rented an Airbnb cabin in the mountains of Colorado to stay there for two nights, three days. And leading up to this is when I started to learn and hear about uh, mushrooms and they had intrigued me for probably at least six to eight months prior to that. That's sort of when my, um, when I just became more open to the idea of them and, and my stigma towards them. I know I keep using that word melted away. And so I um, am not going to disclose how we came upon these mushrooms, um, but they were put into a tablet form. And um, on this trip, on the second afternoon at about 3 p.m., um, each of the four of us took these uh, six capsules, which equated about 2.5 um, milligrams, if I'm not mistaken. No, it must be grams. Goodness. 2.5 grams each, which is actually a relatively mild dose. Um, five grams is called, is, is termed the, the hero's journey um, because it is a sort of a event to be overcome. It is a, an intense experience. Um, I, I don't have personal experience. I've only done this once. So anyway, but just know that we took uh, maybe like a half dose, which still was definitely effective. Um, so I'm going to just out of, um, safety and respect for my, for my friends, because I've not, uh, gotten permission from them to talk about this. I'm not going to say their names. You might know who they are if you know me personally, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, just to be cool, I'm not going to say their names. So it hit one of us much earlier it, it hit one of us within about 30 minutes the the other three myself included wasn't feeling anything yet and we were in this cabin and this was in the winter mind you and so there was snow on the ground but it was still kind of sunny and nice in the late afternoon and within we were we were all just seated on the couches and on the floor looking at this big um rolling glass window or you know like a back door patio door um and this family of deer came by. And um, even though the three of us were not high yet, it was a really lovely moment. And we were just all quiet. And, you know, it had been a, a weekend full of silliness and, and goofing around and having beers and just watching movies and making each other laugh and stuff. And, and we just had a very quiet, lovely moment of just uh, observing these deer you know, the wind was blowing pretty decently through the trees and it was just really peaceful. It was, it was a rare moment, um, living in the city. You know, it's just, you, you forget how beautiful it is to be quiet and to be out in the woods and to see wildlife. Um, so we started watching these and our one friend who it started to hit, uh, just got so excited that he was like, oh man, I, I can't wait for you guys to get here. This is so beautiful. There's like little, almost like little prisms around the edges of everything, like little tiny hints of rainbows that are sort of um, moving and swirling ar around the edges of things. And we were all like, oh man, yeah, like, come on, come on, mushrooms, like kick in, like absorb into my system already. So I would say it took, um, it took about an hour for me, maybe more. And what's funny is, it was more subtle than you would think. I think a, a lot of folks, I know I keep saying this, but it's just like, if, if you haven't done this, the perception or the idea might be that it's like blasting you into outer space and you're seeing like Ninja Turtles dancing around on your hand or something. And like there's the term tripping balls and, you know, seeing, seeing crazy things and swirls and things moving around. No, it was 
much, much subtler. We all felt uh, just like ourselves. We were in control. Um, we knew our surroundings. We knew each other. We were conversing regularly um, for the most part. But about an hour in, I just felt like a strong sensation that I needed to go be by myself. And it, and we all at the end shared kind of kind of similar sentiments that it does this thing where you just you feel the sense that you need to go off by yourself for a little while. And it's very subtle, but it's also strong. It's sort of insistent. Um, and it's not a, uh, it's not a negative sensation. It's very benevolent, very welcoming and warm. And it's almost, it's, it's honestly like this implication that you have something to go learn. And that ended up being precisely true. So I went to my upstairs bedroom and there was this dresser by a window and, um, I climbed up on top of it and sat down in sort of a crisscross position and just opened up that window, even if, even though it was pretty cold and wind was blowing in my face through the screen, but um, the sun was setting and there were lots of clouds in the sky and there were these big, you know, pines or, or whatever um, sort of foresty tree they were just swaying in the wind. And I got just maybe a hint of some visual stuff, just like little wisps, like the, the trees would move and there'd be tiny little trails uh, behind them, almost sort of like the shimmer in the movie Annihilation, if you've seen that, that sort of like prism, rainbowy swirl, just like that, but even, even more subtle, barely there. Um, and I was just looking out the window in sort of this, um, the, the same position that I meditate in, just sort of seated with my hands folded in my lap and looking out the window. And in a way just went not into a trance, but into a extremely relaxed, peaceful state where I was just taking super long breaths in and out, just very slow, nice and easy, and just felt so peaceful and felt like I required nothing of the world. I required nothing from myself, from my friends. And um, it's, it's hard to describe. It's so, it's almost, um, it's profound in its simplicity because it just sort of reverted me back to the simplest version of purely being a human being walking around on this earth and just sitting there and looking out at things. And, um, you know, I had beforehand, um, I, I had taken a very serious approach to doing mushrooms. Um, we weren't, we weren't partying, you know, it wasn't like this, Oh, let's take these psychedelics and get fucked up and see what happens. And, you know, the attitude towards it was much more, um, I would say reverent. We treated it the substance with respect, I would say. And like that idea that, no, we're not here to party. We're not here to get crazy. We, you know, we want one, none of us had done it before, so we didn't know what was going to happen. But, um, I, especially because of how I'd heard it talked about by Paul Stamets and by others of just that it's, it's like a substance to treat with reverence, um, to go into it with respect and to go into it with, an open heart and an open mind and a willingness to receive. So in that way, it's really lovely um, in the way that it just strips away so many um, presuppositions or so many ideas about the world. And it really is just very grounding, um, which is interesting that it, that it grows from the ground, you know, that it comes from the earth uh, as a plant essentially, or as a fungus and that we can eat it and it can take us to these places. I mean, this is pretty wild, right? So anyway, sitting up on that dresser and just watching nature and the wind and, and, um, you know, it was so easy to just sort of remain in one headspace and not feel the need to, um, my thoughts were not bouncing around. I wasn't distracted. It's just very much at peace. And I remember looking down to the ground floor, you know, to this sort of dirt and, 
and uh, just brush and, and snow in front of the house. And this may sound morbid or strange, but I remember thinking, I could be buried right there or anywhere, and I would be just fine. Um, and that sounds perhaps like a morbid thought, but it, it was more of a uh, acknowledgement that death is, is coming. Um, it is inevitable for, for each of us, and we don't know when or how that will be but that there was the sensation that just death is not something to be afraid of. Um, death is a, a natural part of the order of things, and it is honestly a relief in that mindset. It's, it's a letting go of, of all that we have strived for, that we have striven for in this life. Everything we've worried about and stressed about and gotten angry and caught up and the people who upset us or the family who make us mad or, or hurt our feelings or, or just life stresses and, and financial struggles, all of that someday will melt away. And regardless of what you think about the afterlife, um, it was just like the mushrooms helped my brain understand that death is very simple and that it doesn't matter where I'm buried or it doesn't matter how I die because I'm, I'm not going to care when I'm gone. This sort of illusion of dignity, of human um, trying to uphold something that's going to last forever or trying to uphold some legacy, um, it, just, it, it just isn't as important as we perhaps treat it. And um, and that doesn't mean that nothing matters at all. That wasn't the sense at all. It wasn't nihilistic. It wasn't um, nothing matters and you're going to die. So, you know, screw everything. It was, no, it was just death is part of the cycle. And even it can be beautiful or it is beautiful. Um, so that, that was one lesson, I would say. That was one takeaway. And so after maybe an hour of this, um, I was actually interrupted from that moment because my friends came in because one of my friends had uh, walked off into the woods and he had actually followed this family of deer. And, you know, in the mountains, the temperature was dropping, the sun was setting, it was almost fully dark at this point. And they, they were getting kind of worried about him, like, should we go look for him? You know, like, what if he's, what if he got hurt or he's, he's freezing out there and he can't find his way back? And, uh, which was a bummer to be hit with, a scenario in the midst of a, of a mushroom trip. Um, and it was, it was mildly stressful, but in, in that space, I was, I was just, I just told him, I was like, I know him extremely well. And I don't think you have anything to worry about. And I think he'll be fine. And he was, um, and it turns out he, while I was doing my meditative thing, while I was sitting there, he had followed the deer until they stopped. And he just sat down in the snow and watched them. And that was kind of his little moment. And he even, <laughs> he even made eye contact with one of them for a while. I, I know how hippy-dippy that sounds. And dude, I got to tell you, when you're in that space, all, all that um, sort of judgment of, oh, this is such stoner talk, this is so hippie-ish, it goes away. And you're just like, no, this is beautiful. I'm staring in the eyes of a creature that, I've never crossed paths with before and never will again. And like, I don't, anyway, it's, there's a lot there, but it's just, it, it opens you up to more beauty to just acknowledging and recognizing, um, beauty and complexity and wonder in very small, simple things that we overlook all the time. And, um, you know, that in and of itself is really lovely. So anyway, we all came back together after maybe an hour and a half and we were kind of talking about where we'd been and what we'd done and, and we're still, we're still on it. We're still up for sure. Um, we're still on the, on the trip, but like I said, conversing pretty normally, normally. Um, but another interesting thing that I noticed, and these guys mentioned this too, was just that even though these three guys are the you know, some of the closest friends 
in my life that I've known for a long time, feel super comfortable with them, which is why I did it together with them. Um, even with your close friends, there can be little judgments and fears, right? There can be weird interpersonal drama or just um, things that you get self-conscious about or insecure about. I, I have never felt more secure than in that space because even those tiny little insecurities of like, oh, a thing that I shouldn't say or a joke that I shouldn't make or whatever, all that melted away too. And we were just friends together and in a way saying whatever came to our mind. And some of it was a little wonky because I think the way that your brain um, connects information is a little different on mushrooms. It's like it creates pathways and it's like it opens little doors and leaves them open even when you come down. So um, it's hard to accurately explain that, but it's, it's sort of just like if you truly didn't care what anyone thought and you were with your best friends and you were just being the silliest that you could possibly be with no fear that they were going to think you were stupid, that is what it was. Um, and that was a surprise for me that there was silliness involved. You know, I, 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 w- I was taking it all so serious at first, um, like that I wanted to learn things and I was even a little apprehensive, like a little nervous, like what if I have a bad trip? Um, but the silliness that bloomed from our time together was so fun and, and deeply uh, bonding because you just feel this sort of unfettered love for your friends and a closeness um, that's so beautiful. And you realize that it's there all the time. It's always there, but we just, we, we cloud it. We stuff it down. We don't allow it to, to open up fully and to bloom because of those fears of judgments, because of those fears that our friends are going to think we're weird because we're telling them how much we genuinely love them and love their company and appreciate them, you know? So that was great. And, uh, I remember, a couple of the jokes that came out of that, which may or may not be funny to you, but just had us rolling at the time, was that um, one, we had gotten some like buffalo wings, some frozen ones at the grocery store, like some Tyson, you know, probably terrible for you, fake meat. Um, that, you know, with bu- we just wanted a good snack for late in the night. And so um, I had put them in the oven and come upstairs and I, I just said, like point blank, I just realized that what I was doing was warming up dead animals. And that was very funny to us because of course, most of us eat meat perhaps rather regularly, but in the, in the state of mind from mushrooms, I'm staring at this Tyson bag, like this, you know, crinkly piece of plastic that is enclosed in which is processed, flavored, chicken that was once like a living animal clucking around somewhere somewhere probably in a cage unfortunately probably in horrible conditions but it's just it you know again those connections that your brain makes we're normally so disconnected from our food in <laughs> in that state of mind I was like oh my gosh this almost feels a little wrong like this used to be a thing man this used to be an animal that was walking around that I could have like touched and pet and picked up and felt its feathers. And now it's been reduced to an anonymous <laughs> tender in a bag full of other things. And it's frozen and put in a door in a grocery store where I can just pick it up and buy it for $8. What? What is this society that we live in? That we just package up animals and buy them? <laughs> um, so that is um, as silly as that is, that's actually kind of profound to me. And, and you know, in a, in a, it's, there's like a creativity to it. And again, a grounding, a grounding to nature and just, just a recognition. Um, that doesn't mean I became a vegan. That doesn't mean I was horrified, but it was just a realization of like, whoa, we think this is really normal every day. And this is kind of weird. Like this is pretty strange that we're disconnected from what we're eating. Anyway, the other joke that came from that 
uh, and there were many, and just these were two that stood out, was my, my other friend um, was drinking a water bottle and he takes off the cap, you know, the little plastic screw on the lid, he takes it off and he's just like, the cap is the key to my water bottle. And um, that got us pretty good because it's so simple. It's not, there's nothing to that. It's like, yeah, the, to untwist it, it's, that, it's sort of like a locking mechanism and you, the, the cap is the key to unlock your bottle. It's, you know, it's right there. It's laying out there. But just in a normal state of mind, you, that probably wouldn't occur to you necessarily. Um, so that was silly and we had fun. And um, a couple hours into this, I, I went off on my own again, and the other guys kind of did too. And um, one, one thing that they kept doing, one in particular, was he really wanted all the lights off in the house. Because um, one, it was dark out, and since we were in the wilderness, you could see the stars and the moonlight. And, you know, everything nature feels just really good. It feels really right in that mindset. So he wanted it dark inside so he could look outside at all the pretty stuff. And uh, the other thing is that um, in that state of mind, technology and modern things feel, um, there's like a, there's like a, a negative hum to them. Uh, So we didn't, we didn't have the TV on, but we turned it on once to just, and it was static and it was like the most grating, um, weird audio video torture that you could think of. And it, it was just like, whoa, 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 like turn that off, get that off. Whoa, that's bad. That's bad. Um, and we, you know, none of us were on our phones this entire time. We were just together or we were by ourselves. Um, but it's, it's hard to explain again, that sort of grounding thing where modern items, including just lights, and technology and, and appliances, they all feel kind of intense. Um, they, they almost feel wrong or like they are, um, they, it's like they become much louder distractions. Um, at one point in the night, my friend had music on and it was an artist that I knew and normally whose music I enjoy, but for some reason the lyrics were so potent and just the fact that music was even on was kind of overwhelming. You know, you would think it would be really beautiful or you'd notice different tones or something. But I, I walked up to his laptop and I just turned it off, which he didn't mind. But uh, it was just, it's weird. It's really subtle, but it's, it's like it digs its little fingers into you. And it's, there's a sensation that you have to get away from these negative entities. Like, it's like they put out a sort of thrum of, of energy, um, that is bad. And in that state of mind, you just want to be as simple as possible. You know, you don't want lights and sound and distraction and, and entertainment. Um, you sort of want to simplify. Um, so at one point, and this was probably the, no, it was the most profound moment for me of the experience. Um, so we're, we're talking two or three hours in, and I mean, this lasted close to eight hours, um, not fully intense for the entire time, but, you know, six to eight hours, we were feeling it pretty strongly. Um, so a ways into this, I went back up into my bedroom and just closed the door, and I, I had one lamp on, and I just laid down on my bed and on my back and stared at the ceiling and sort of, you know, put my palms on my chest and just started doing a real meditative, slow breathing again. And just staring at this one corner of the ceiling. And I, I noticed um, there'd been very mild, minimal visual stuff going on up to this point. But I, I noticed that if I, uh, when staring at one point, if I unfocused my eyes and just sort of let them relax while keeping them open, sort of like those magic eye pictures. Do you remember those, the scrambly, crazy colors? And if you sort of unfocus your eye is how you start to see the image emerge. It was very similar to that. So I just relaxed my eyes and stared at this point. And again, just breathing very slow, long, deep breaths. And I started to notice... Um, 
this sort of this sort of um, see-through texture that overwhelmed my whole field of vision. And it's very hard to describe because it was a little bit like the shimmer in Annihilation. Um, I could see through it, but it was very blurry, you know, almost like a, like a frosted glass. And um, I could see the wall behind it, but it was, it was blurry. And this, um, this sort of texture that was filling my field of, of sight um, had all these sort of um, swirling, almost fractal shapes in it. And, it, and so it would sort of shift and change and look like different things, always with a little hint of that prism, rainbowy color to it. And I, and I was fascinated, and I, and I was a little bit... Um, I don't want to say scared because I wasn't scared, but it was, it, it was the surprise of a different experience viewing and thinking than I had ever had before. And as I'm sort of watching this picture move around, it would, it would sort of strafe side to side or, or like move almost, um, it's like the picture was static, but it, it would move itself around almost the way that you can kind of like hold and drag on Google earth and like shift the image. That's the way it felt like it was moving. And for a while there was nothing discernible in it. It was all just shapes and swirls and, um, lovely and interesting to look at. And in this emerged this very clear image of first, I noticed snake skin, like scales, uh, this very, you know, coarse, like very clearly scales of a reptile scales of a of a snake and then the uh, the eyes and the in the face of the snake sort of came forward from this and again it's 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 so hard to describe because it wasn't like a vision but it was absolutely visual um and and so subtle that just if i blinked or if I or if I looked away or focused my eyes, it would evaporate. So I was focusing really hard on on just watching this this serpent in front of me, and I could only see its face and its eyes. And I was not afraid, but I knew in that moment um, two things. And these are going to sound strange, but they were crystal clear to me in that moment. One of which was that this serpent the one that I was staring in the eyes. Uh, and it was gigantic, by the way. It was like its face was the size of the wall. It was enormous, much bigger than me. And I knew that this serpent had been following me for all of my life. That it was almost like a shadow presence that had been hovering over everything I had ever done. And in fact, putting its input in and the second thing I knew in that state of mind, in, in this curious sort of way that you just know things, was that this serpent intended me harm and that it was deeply evil and that it was just very sinister. Yeah, that it wanted to destroy me. Part of this was because of being in the middle of, of counseling. Part of this was because of meditation and, and I think even sort of the, the prepared and respectful mindset that I took going into this mushroom trip that I was so disconnected from the evil or um, it's more not disconnected, but I felt it, but I knew with certainty that it had no authority over me at all that it had no power whatsoever. And in fact, that I could speak to it and say, you do not own me and I will set the course for my life. And you have no influence or power over me. And essentially you can fuck off. And, uh, this, this was, I, I mean, I think it's the most profound thing I've ever experienced. And um, I know how strange it sounds. I know how 
um, stoner-like it sounds. I know it sounds like maybe I was out of my mind or having some sort of episode or hallucination. And from the bottom of my heart, I don't believe that. I believe whether this image was symbolic or whether it was literal, I don't really care. I don't, I don't need to know the difference because the sensation and the sort of stripped away pure truth at the core of that was just that this entity had wanted harm for me for my entire life. And I realized that I had given it authority because I thought it was greater than me. Uh, many times over, just being able to see it and face it and speak out loud to it by myself with that sort of strength and confidence was so beautiful and so liberating. And another element of this was that, you know, in in preparing to, to take these mushrooms, that earlier that day, I don't know if my friends know that I did this, but... I just took a few minutes before it kicked in to just go pray by myself for like 10 minutes. Essentially, I, what I said was, Jesus, um, meet me in this place. Because I didn't know what it was going to be. I, I didn't know if I was going to have a bad trip. I didn't know if it would freak me out. I didn't know if I was going to be in mental agony or in a really scary place for eight hours. You know, So I just with that sort of reverent attitude, I was just like, Jesus, um, please meet me there. Please be in this with me and carry me through it. And I just ask that it would be beautiful and profound and good. And it was, it absolutely was. And so that ties to the whole serpent thing. I mean, I know the easy um, sort of connection there would be Satan or a demon or something like, you know, the Garden of Eden snake. And I, you know, it's funny, like that occurs to me, of course, that's sort of the easy, obvious metaphor. And I, you know, it's like, I can't, it it would break it to define it. So I, I feel like it's an element of that, whether you believe in Satan or in some, you know, whether you do or not, I, I tend to think that, yeah, this message that was being delivered to me was basically uh, that Satan has wanted my harm and has wanted to interrupt my life for this entire time. And I have let him because I thought I had to. And that the sort of evil wishing harm to me, wishing to destroy and crush my life and hinder me from any good that I can offer this world. That is what that serpent's intention was. So it. uh, in that moment shortly after that, um, and I, I felt it for a while and it was just, you know, I started to tear up because it was so strong and strange and beautiful. And coming out of it, I just felt a very subtle, just soft, quiet voice, not an audible one, but just this sense um, that God was like, I was already here, man. Like <laughs> you didn't, you didn't have to ask me to come. You didn't have to get on mushrooms to have an experience with me, with God. I was already with you and mushrooms just uh, sort of pulled back the curtain a little bit and helped you realize like, oh, actually Jesus is with me constantly in every moment. And that uh, mushrooms didn't add or take away from that. It just uh, clarified it a little bit, which was also really nice. So I went after that, I went down and rejoined my friends in the, in the living room. And I just, I had brought my little journal out and just started drawing. And, uh, I felt just a a sensation that I needed to document that moment, that experience that I had just had and not to write it down, but I actually wanted to draw and, uh, in my imperfect messy way, drew the serpent as sort of a I don't know, just uh, not an homage, but but just sort of as a as a milestone, as a as a reminder of that experience, as a reminder of the implications and and the realizations of that experience, and just it w- it was important to me to put something down on paper. I'm really glad that I did. And uh, another thing about mushrooms is just that you remember things very clearly. I mean, all of that I was. Uh, you know, almost reliving it just now because it's not 
it's not some blackout trip where you don't remember anything. It's very clear and very precise. And I think your brain records information a little differently. As the night went on, um, it, it did start to feel like, uh, like we had been there for days. You know, this was essentially from about 3 p.m. to maybe 11, 11 or 12 is when we went to bed. And, um, but not in a bad way, not like a, I'm stuck here. This is lasting forever. Um, when am I going to come down? I don't like this. There was no panic or, or, uh, unsettledness about it. We were all just riding through the evening, but we kept making mention of how, how different time felt, how the passage of time was so different, slowed down, but in a good way, because it felt it, by the end of it, it almost felt like we as friends had gone through a lifetime together in this really lovely way because there were all these phases to the evening and all they were all very distinct and they just flowed from one to another where we'd come together and then we'd go off and come back together and we'd be silly or then we'd talk about something really heavy and, and serious and it was just beautiful and, uh, you know... It's, it's also one of those things where, you know, I, I could never do it again and be very content. It's not addictive. It's not uh, this sort of thing where you feel like you have to get back to it right away, where you're dying to do it again. It's, it's much more mild and, and benevolent than that. And it's just, it is like like you go there to learn something and then you come back and you don't really need it again because you've sort of gotten what you need from it. And, and all my friends, even though their experiences varied in their quiet alone moments, um, I would say they all left changed and that they all left with some sort of nugget of truth or, or at least a, a profound experience that was meaningful, even if they didn't know what it meant. At least with the four of us, I know that bad trips exist. I haven't had one myself. I know that it is possible to go into a negative headspace and sort of sort of get stuck there and have to ride it out. But I mean, I, I really think from my limited experience, if you treat it with that respect, if you do it with people you trust in an environment that is safe and warm and you have good food around and you're just comfortable, that you're going to be just fine, especially with people around that you trust and love. It's like if you do start to dip into depressive thoughts or start to think that lies are true about yourself or about the world, that they, they, you know, people, they can kind of pull you out of that and just sort of lift your, your brain back into the good area. So, you know, there's, there is research being done about psychedelic mushrooms, um, and there has been for a while, and there have been proponents for it for a long time. Anyway, I just, having gone through that, I, I just, in all honesty, I, I believe that every person should have the opportunity to experience that at least once, because it was that profound. And it's just a tricky thing, you know, because it is a drug it is a mind-altering substance. It definitely alters the way you think, and yet all the the bad rap it has gotten is is in my personal experience so unnecessary and so untrue and convoluted. I mean, I I really feel like it opened me up. Even, even to the point that doing this podcast is, is ultimately, even months later, a working out of what I, what I sort of learned and experienced and was set free from during that, that mushroom trip. Just the sort of comfortability that it opened me up to, that it stripped away some of those insecurities. And those feelings that I had while they were the most intense on the mushrooms, they, a, a subtler version of them remained permanently in my mind and body. And I, you know, I alluded to it on an earlier episode just briefly, and which is kind of why I wanted to explain it more clearly here and in more depth, just that it, it makes you realize that 
human beings that, that just, I know that <laughs> the title of that episode was We're All the Same Thing. It's hard to describe and it's very simple, but it just, here's, here's a good way to say it. It gave me more empathy. It just, it, it made me more kind and open to seeing other sides and perspectives without so much judgment, without so much assumption to the point that you can kind of just, you look at and observe and interact with other people and quickly realize when judgments start to come up or assumptions, it sort of just centers you back to realize, you know, I am inconsistent and broken and messy and make mistakes too. And sometimes I'm a dick to people when I meant to be kind and just something threw me off. I was irritable that day or whatever. Anyway, just it, it just rolled more empathy into my general being. And I would say opened me up to more beauty in, in simplistic things, in, in nature, in um, just quiet. You know, I think, I think, well, it just does that. It brings you to nature in a, in a really lovely way and just makes, just reminds you <laughs> with such clarity that like you're, you're a part of nature. You're a biological thing that came, you know, was formed in a woman and came out and you grow and you die and you go back to the dirt and you become the dirt again. And there's nothing scary about that because every human that has walked this earth has done that same thing and you are just part of that big story. And it's it's really lovely. So that is my spiel and I um I hope with utter sincerity that, that that someday they are legal in this country and um, able to be sort of grown and monitored and, um, you know, put into a system where we can package and sell them and, you know, understand how to dose them out and there's research and, and that they can be used for specific things, you know. And to be clear, and you probably know this, but they, they absolutely can be abused and have been. And that, that is part of what contributes to them having a bad rap is, you know, there, there are people who party on mushrooms and I, but having gone there, I, that would, that would seem to me miserable and so stressful to be like drinking a bunch of alcohol and then like popping some mushrooms or, you know, smoking a bunch of weed and, and doing mushrooms that just, it isn't, that is a huge mistreatment of it. And I can't imagine that you would have a positive experience while doing that because that's just like you know that's taking something lovely and using it for um a really just bleak childish sort of overindulgent uh purpose so of course it can be abused um and while it, i don't believe it in and of itself is addictive i believe that people have overused it I believe that people have uh, done damage to their brains by doing it too frequently um, because you just don't need to do it that often. And I, I don't know what the effects would be if you took, you know, a huge dose or, or took it, you know, every day of the week or something. It would be it'd be hard to uh, it'd be hard to function um, properly if used that way. So anyway, just all this with a grain of salt and um you know, I, I only hope that within our lifetimes, it will, it will become uh, more accessible and even, you know, used by uh, doctors, honestly, like for specific treatments, um, perhaps for addiction treatment or for uh, mental illness or the, any, any number of things, even trauma, uh, because I, I believe it could absolutely have a way of sort of unlocking things that are stuck in the mind and um, severe abuse or severe trauma or uh, deep hurt and even even integrated perhaps into specific types of counseling or therapy uh, where mushrooms are used to alleviate and sort of rewrite those pathways in the brain. So anyway, I firmly believe all those things can happen and, and I think we'll see them happen. But 
for now, we still live in a country where it's largely stigmatized. And people think it's a party drug. People think it's some, you know, just a stoner thing for for hippies to use and stare at a, a glow-in-the-dark poster and um, that they're taking their minds away and, and you know, whatever else. And um, I'm here to tell you that just isn't true. And it's it's a lovely substance that brought me to some profound places and taught me some beautiful things. So... Okay, that's our show. That's number 10. Thank you for listening. And uh, hey, if you know anybody who would benefit from this program, from the things that I'm saying here, if it would shine a light into someone's life, if it would help them in the way that they're thinking, or if they are depressed and discouraged, and I touch on something here that you've heard them talk about and that would be helpful to their lives, please um, pass them a link to this show and recommend it. And believe it or not, I'm not trying to get more listeners. I'm not trying to just build a following. I want this show to be a place of peace and kindness and growth and learning and knowledge and beauty and just um, centering us as humans. I really mean that. So if you know someone who would benefit from it, please send it their way. Um, Yeah, spread the love, man. Last thing, if you enjoy what I'm doing here, if you appreciate the Texture program, know that you can support me for as little as a dollar a month on a uh, website called patreon.com. And you can go to patreon.com slash texture pod. And I'll put a link there in the show notes. And that is just a way of saying thank you or saying that you appreciate me, that you like this show that you want it to keep going. Um, this show does cost money to put out, not a lot. You know, web hosting is not hugely expensive to put a, a podcast out, but I definitely appreciate it. And I am very grateful to those of you who are supporting the show already. And it just helps. And I um, try to give a little extra by doing special uh, bonus things there, little little talks or things that are um, hmm, so controversial or, or touchy that I'm a little afraid to put them out publicly. So if you like what I'm doing, consider going over to patreon.com slash texture pod. And thank you for doing so. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you next time on Texture.